tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Transcend with M. And with us today is Valeria. Valeria is an amazing individual that I just met not too long ago. And she has already made a big impact into, you know, my perspective and into, you know, the Latina community that, you know, we serve together. So Valeria, welcome to the uh, podcast. And I cannot wait to hear your story and our conversation. Thank you so much, Monica, for having me today. I'm super excited, thank you. Yes, yes. So Valeria just uh, is releasing a book, which we're gonna talk a little bit about later, but let's hear her story because there is a lot to dissect here and she has a lot to teach us today. Um, and I cannot wait for you, our listeners, to learn the other side, the other perspectives that are out there and how as Latina she's been able to grow, uh, to make a name for herself, but that came to a price and she's going to talk you know, to us about what has been the journey that she has to go through uh, in order to get where she is today. So Valeria, share with us who is Valeria and what was your journey? Thank you, Monica. So I have to say that my journey has been uh, allowing that part of me that wanted to expand and grow to become present in my life, which has been extremely uncomfortable. Um, I learned through huge mistakes. Um, I've, I have felt very uncomfortable in the US as a Latina immigrant. So it has been a journey of self-discovery, of finding my self-worth and my self-esteem. And it has not been comfortable. So that is like, you know, the, the theme of my life. And I find that that happened since the early, you know, since my childhood. I'm from Argentina, a very small rural town. And I became the first gen in my family, the first one to go to college, which meant moving to Buenos Aires, which compared to a rural town is like another planet. You can imagine yeah. <laughs> the city and also the expectations that, for all of us Latinos who are our first gen, the expectations of our parents and all the pressure we put on ourselves to succeed, plus 
working while paying for your education, right? That's another constant that happens not only in the US, it happens in Latin America as well. So chasing the dream that is not only for you, but also for your family, becoming the first one and making sure that you pay for your own education. And in some families, it's supporting other, in some, in some cases, supporting the families as well. So I came to the US 19 years ago. Um, in Argentina, I worked for corporations, also the first one in my family to have access to corporate job power door. In 2002, my husband and I had been married for one year and we decided to come to the US for an MBA. Back then, if I have to say what triggered that decision, it was that desire to go for more, knowing there's more opportunities, more, um, you know, that we could access higher education, that we could work abroad. But also, I would say Argentina went through a huge crisis in 2001, which became kind of an invitation to explore other countries. And of all the possibilities that we had, we decided to come to the US to pursue an MBA at Dartmouth. Another, you know, first experience for our families, the first ones to leave the country. To this day, everybody, all of our family members are still in Argentina. We're the only ones here in the US, which everything that that means, right? So we came here, we, we did our MBA, which our own um, work. Essentially, we took huge loans, huge student loans, both of us, and became very committed after graduation of getting that uh, work visa and getting a job in the US to pay for those loans. Yeah. You know, so that, that was challenging. So Throughout my experience as an immigrant in the US, I felt very uncomfortable from the very beginning. I felt I didn't belong here. As an immigrant, I was extremely self-conscious about speaking up. Um, even though I was in a great school, I did not feel entirely integrated into the larger society. And I just wanted to surround myself with Spanish speakers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you needed to be comfortable, right? Reach out to your comfort zone. Yeah. Like create a bubble of protection in a way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, many years of corporate experiences after that, until in 2016, I had a major event in my life that essentially life stopped me so far up until then it had been all about creating success through adrenaline, going for more, really. What's next? What's next? What's next? Which is something that we do in our community a lot. We are hard workers. We have big dreams yeah. and we push very hard, particularly as Latinas. We work ourselves to exhaustion. We put ourselves last and we still, you know, we have that cultural, in a way, mindset that even though opportunities, professional opportunities open up for us and we want them, we still want to keep other roles. And in my case was to be the perfect mother and to be, you know, 24 seven for my kids and also work full time. It was not sustainable. Mm -hmm. In 2016, I burned out and that was an invitation to, I felt miserable. It was a time of darkness in my life mental health challenges essentially emotional challenges and the stigma that goes with it in our society not to ask for help right when we need mm -hmm. it uh, particularly from professionals so it was not easy until I realized that I needed help and I asked for the help 
and you know we can talk more about later what happened after 2016 but that's essentially where you know yes i had been very successful degrees education access to corporations promotions opportunities but miserable inside very mm-hmm. uh, tired and exhausted of putting so much pressure on myself i can totally relate to that and we don't ask for help because we feel that that is the premise for weakness right so we are not we are not allowed uh we think to ask for help you know you cannot showcase that you are weak at any given point yeah. so you, you wrote something here on 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 the book uh about the character the character funny is monica <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, is she writing this to me? <laughs> like, you know, like I, I, I felt so important, but it was very interesting because as I was reading, I identified so much with what you just said. Um, you said here, throughout her experiences, Monica had built a mental image about her value diminishing her, her, her self-worth and self-confidence. Yet, something inside her pushed her to succeed and do well, but the price she ended up paying was high. Monica handled her internal battles the best she could until she got ill with an almost crippling disease. And this is 2016. So what happened there? So essentially, the story of Monica that I talk about in my book, Uncolonized Latinas, is a story that resonated with me significantly. And it's a story that I have seen throughout the more than 50 Latinas that I interviewed for my book. Yeah. It is essentially a story of facing a system, being the first generation walking into spaces in a system that is not equal, in a system where we are not necessarily welcome, in a system that is not prepared to understand who we are. And most of us, if not all, faced some sort of systemic bias, discrimination, racism, it happened, it's been real. We need to name things as they are in order to start healing them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these conversations are uncomfortable, but some of our Latinas, when they were kids, particularly Monica, she was segregated. When she uh, went to school as a first grader, I could say even before the kindergarten, she didn't speak English. So she was uh, labeled as not uh, as not smart enough. And when she went to to first grade, she was assigned a seat in the back, Latinos and Black students. This is something that is not very well known unless you went through the experience. Latinos and Black students were generally sit, sit, sat at the back of the class because that's where the not so smart students were allocated. And imagine what that creates in, the, in a child that is six years old, five years old, the, the concept of self-value. Um, mm-hmm. um, also, yeah, the self-worth and what you think, the, the, the beliefs you start to create in your mind about who you are, how much you can contribute and who you can become. Definitely you start behind. The system has not been friendly. This continues to happen today. So when, when these Latinas and Latinos and people of color in general step into these new spaces, 
first of all, they carry all these childhood beliefs of not being enough. And second, they find a system that is not overwhelmingly diverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not welcome, welcoming or even inviting our perspective. So it takes a lot of inner work. Mm -hmm. to, and that's what the book is about is, yes, systemic bias is real. There are some societal issues that need to be corrected. And we have the awareness now that this is happening. And hopefully we will see more of these trends and actions towards making more creating access and also be, becoming equal as a society, yeah. right? So, but where do we start as Latinas who went through those experiences when we were little or as immigrants, same thing, yeah. right? as grown-ups. Um, when I came here, when I was in my twenties and, you know, I, I have to say that growing up, the environment supported me in, in towards pursuing my goal. But when I came to the US, it's the first time that I felt limited, that I felt less. One of the first times in my life that I really mm -hmm. felt that I had nothing to contribute. There yeah. was not a space for me to contribute in a meaningful way. So the book, the premise of the book is, it starts with becoming responsible for our lives. We cannot expect the system around us to change. We cannot expect that to happen before we take action. We need to start with ourselves, with healing as Monica did, healing those beliefs, uh, changing the narrative inside our mindset and understanding that the decisions we made early on in our lives are not the best ones for us right now and that we have the power to change them. Mm -hmm. Starts within. Yeah, yeah. So it does start within, but it's really hard to identify that and to, and to learn where to start, right? So how did you manage, right? Because you also went through similar situation back a couple of years ago. How did you manage to start? How, how do we start, I guess, is the question, right? Because I, I identified so much with just the, 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 the few pages that you sent over to me. Um, it's almost like I am never enough, right? Like we work, we work, we work. We continue to get increases, salaries, you know, open companies, this and that, but it's never enough. It's almost like we always need to do more, but it's not to impress the, wor the world, it's to impress ourselves. So how do we start doing the work to get rid of that unworthiness that we feel because we don't, we don't think we belong? That's a great question. So when we take action as human beings, it's because there is pain. Mm -hmm. Most of us take action when we have enough pain that we cannot be in that situation anymore. Essentially, you need to get yeah. sick and tired of being sick and tired for you yeah. to take action. That's what happened to me in 2016. I got sick and tired of a life of pressure, of not putting myself first. What I have to say is that the work is extremely necessary and it's worth it, mm -hmm. but it takes commitment. 
Yeah. What we're dealing with as Latinas is not just our set of limiting beliefs or healing those experiences in our childhood or as adults as we faced an unfair system. It's not only that. We are also carrying, we carry in our DNA cultural beliefs. We come yeah. from a culture of silence. We come from a culture that has felt inferior. We come from a culture that has not felt good enough when compared to the non-minority group, right? Yeah. So it's cultural. So we need to understand that it's not just us individually. And you said that Monica before mm -hmm. you felt identified. It's because yeah. it's into all of us, particularly yeah. immigrant Latinas and daughters of immigrants. It's very prevalent. It's in our belief system. It's in our DNA. So where do we start when we just do not carry our own baggage, but also the baggage of a culture? And I have yeah. to say, first, it starts with acknowledging that you're sick and tired of it, that you want to change, that you and committing to that, committing inside of you in your heart of living a life that is a life of purpose, not a life of victimhood. That is a life of enthusiasm, not a life of adrenaline, right? And the first step to me was to spend time with myself. The first, it was like soul searching, but not just like the spiritual soul searching that in, a, in essence disconnects you from the day to day. No, it became looking inside and embracing my journey. Uh, looking, making a list of my values. What makes mm -hmm. me me? You know, what makes me unique? How? What do people love about me? And if I couldn't find the answers, I asked some friends. What are the the three thing, things that you love about me? And even past co-workers. Like, be very practical here. This is not about spending hours doing meditation. Mm -hmm. I do meditation every day, even if I can just allocate five minutes to it, or even breathing techniques anything that can allow me to connect with my inner wisdom in a way with my essence but you know in addition to that we need to be extremely practical here and it's about starting with yourself and as you said before monica we need to stop looking for validation outside uh -huh. we need to really believe that we are enough and how is that how does it happen it's the inner work what comes to mind right now is um a Latina that is a senior executive in, in a Wall Street firm. Her name is Carolina, and I interviewed her for my book. And she put it beautifully. She was going to all these meetings feeling exactly what we have described that we, we feel. Mm -hmm. And she said, my life changed when I understood that success is an inside story. It's an inside mm -hmm. job. It's an inside job. So success is not about another degree. Success is not about another promotion. Of course, you need the education. Of course, you need the access. But is it all about studying more and doing more? No, you can burn out, right? So where does success really start? Starts within. It's an yeah. inside job. Starts with spending time with yourself, value yeah. you are, embracing your journey, your inner child, making those lists of what makes you unique, how you contribute value. And I can say that a commonality that I found with among Latinas is we have um, the power to navigate different cultures. We can relate and connect with different audiences mm -hmm. uh, in the organization. 
from somebody working in a factory to somebody in a senior level position. We have the skills, we, don't, we may not use it. Yeah. We may tell ourselves that, you know, that we can't, but the reality is we do have the skills to, to navigate multiple cultures, multiple environments. We are absolutely creative. We are passionate and believe um, that there is more for us. Um, we, we crave for sisterhood with each other. We have people who love us in our life, the tribes, which yeah. so we put a lot of value in relationships, family and relationships, which other cultures do not do so much, are more about independence, right? Yeah. Very about the collective. So we need to see that. What's that makes, what do you see that makes you you um, where you are and value, understand you have huge value and understanding your heart that you are enough and that what you bring is meaningful. You don't need anybody out there to validate. You need to validate yourself, yourself, yeah. whatever you expect that others will, you know, whatever, whatever you expect others to tell you you need to start telling that to yourself in your mind yeah yeah that would be a great start i have to say but only the beginning <laughs> i know right so how do you how do you deal or how did you dealt i don't know if you still experience that but i do um with the fear of rejection right it's almost like i keep navigating, for example, the waters of my industry, trying to trying to fit and trying to find the right people to be surrounded with, because I am fearful of rejection, right? Rejection because I'm a woman within the industry that I'm at. Um, rejection because, of course, I still need to do the work. I don't think I'm worthy, right? Um, and those are very vulnerable positions to be in because yes, uh, most of us recognize it, but we just, we just are fearful of taking that step and, and doing the work that it takes in order to get there. What if, right, we lose so much during the process because what you can gain is, it's, it's unknown. So how do, how, you know, do you deal with that fear or dealt with that fear or what recommendations do you have? So, yes, I do deal with that fear of rejection. We are human at the end of the yeah. day. And fear is part of this human experience. What has worked for me the most is to be absolutely in the here and now. Okay. Why am I saying this? When you look into psychology and how our belief system is formed, most of our beliefs or what we think about ourselves or how we see the world, essentially the lenses through which we see our life and the world gets quite fixed by around puberty. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, what, what you know, uh, research and science shows is that when you, have an experience in the present, chances are that if you're feeling fear of rejection, you're bringing a memory that is in the subconscious probably that has to do with your childhood. Okay. So who rejected you before puberty? Who rejected you in your childhood? 
when you were an adult adolescent so what happened to you in the yeah. past is usually a, a lot of um experiences with our parents or and also figures of authority like i had a teacher uh, when i was in kindergarten that was very damaging to me yeah. and it created all sorts of but then i was projecting her presence in some people around me right as an adult so what has worked for me is through therapy another work that i have done with myself is to look into which were those experiences in the past that yeah. essentially left a mark on me we were talking about monica and how she was segregated in kindergarten and sat yeah. at the back of the room so she had to look into that she had to look into how those experiences had marked who she was she had to become more aware you know how they say that 95 percent of the work is showing up here 95 percent of the work is becoming aware of what's running you yeah. looking back into the past right and so when you are when you do that work and you become aware of the painful experiences that you went through in the moment right now you can become aware of how you may be projecting that experience over and over again in essence you know the person in front of you is only reflecting something in your past that yeah. you have not yet released completely yeah. let go of so that's the opportunity when I go into, you know, a life of growth and a life of meaning and a life of purpose is a life of being outside of your comfort zone, particularly for us Latinas. If yeah. we want to achieve our dreams, go after what we deserve and have not yet materialized in our lives, if we want to step into those positions, um, you know, if we, if, we, if we want to be happy and expand ourselves that comes yeah. with being outside of the comfort zone which right. creates fears right so you will never stop feeling fear if you have a life of meaning you will be in fear every day essentially yeah. the, the thing is how can i work with my human aspects my fears yeah. in a way that i still do what i'm committed to doing despite the fear so when I, when I face these situations of rejection that I'm afraid of being rejected, I remind myself that I'm in the here and now. And in the here and now, I can create unlimited possibilities. Yeah. It's not my teacher from kindergarten threatening right. me. This is a coworker. This is my boss. This is another human being. Yeah. I will put myself out there. I will share what I have to say. And if it's you know, if it's, um, if they say no, I won't take it personal. I will not. Okay. They are not rejecting me. They think that the idea that I brought to the table could be done differently. It's not personal. Yeah. It has to, as you can see, Monica, it's a lot of inner work. It's a lot mm -hmm. of breathing, being in the mm -hmm. moment and changing your programming as you go through these experiences. Yeah. So 2016, yes. till today, how did we grow and how did we get to experience who we are today? Who's Valeria today and what happened there? So I would say many things happened. And where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> so 
something inside of me happened, as I said, that I essentially couldn't continue the way that I was living my life. I had to learn to take care of myself first so that I could take care of others and to put myself first with no guilt. That mm-hmm. to me was a journey. I learned that taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally was not a, an option. It was yeah. a, a must that can have no guilt associated with it. Mm. There is, you know, no way. So I had to learn that first. Um, I essentially became very aware of my, what I could call inner essence or inner wisdom that in my busyness, busyness every day and running after the what's next and what's next, I had not, a, not allowed myself to honor that inner essence and that inner wisdom. I uh-huh. had lost touch with my intuition. Uh-huh. So by becoming more intentional about creating more silence in my, inside of myself, reducing me, my mental noise, um, reducing the exposure to media I, that bombards us, you know, like stepping away from that. For me, it was being more active in nature, taking a walk, listening to music, sitting next to a candle by a window, things like that, that created space within me to connect with who I am. And that created those spaces of silence, allowed my intuition and my inner wisdom to become more present. So that's what essentially happened inside of me. Now, outside of me in the world, I was invited to lead an entrepreneurship program for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey. And I said, yes, I had taken six months or a little bit more off work because of this burnout. I stepped away from work for the first time in my life. And during that time, this opportunity popped up and I said, yes, this to me was the first time that I was fully immersed in the Hispanic community. And what that changed me entirely, my perspective, it became to me, first of all, we are a culture of the heart. We Latinos, that, you know, the collective, uh, the relationships with the, the genuine, authentic relationships that we build with people really opened my heart, I have to say, and it became my purpose to help our community. That's what happened. I awakened to our own community. I loved, I started to love and I discovered essentially our own community that I had been disconnected from, right? Because I was in spaces where not many Latinos were. So that's what happened essentially. And that became my fuel, my purpose and what fed my soul to keep going. So, and through this journey, I started to see my life more from a higher level point of view in a way that I realized I really embraced that I am a soul having a human experience. Uh Made a huge difference. And today, the word God, or we don't say that, or it doesn't, you know, religion has a stigma now. Um, yeah. a negative connotation, but we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about spirituality is beyond that is. And if you want to name it differently is connecting with your inner wisdom and essence, what in a way, but that higher purpose that you have 
um, beyond what happens in your day to day. And your essence, in, in a way for me, gave a different meaning to my life. And I started to enjoy being with myself. I started to enjoy what I do. I started to, to give myself what I needed to honor myself, to feed my soul in any ways that my inner voice was asking me to. Hmm. You know, so that's essentially what happened since then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm here listening to you and I'm like, yeah, gotta do that. Yeah, gotta do that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, you know what? The, the interesting part is that I didn't do this by myself. I started yeah. to connect with like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. And when you connect, particularly in our community and also beyond, when you discover a tribe that has um, this desire to live a life of purpose, this okay. awareness, that we are at the point in our planetary of a huge change. And those of us who work to do good in the world, we need to step yeah. up. We need to step up. Uh, we have been too silent and too disconnected from each other in silos. Yeah. So now it's a different time. It's our time. It's our time to, to show what we do, to do good in yeah. the world, to be proud of that, to make money while yeah. good to make money while doing good, to create opportunities for others around, to rise together in mm -hmm. a way. It's a different era that we are getting into. And, but it's our time. The time for the people who do good to step up and to be more vocal, to ask for what we need. That's something that to me has been a passion to merge the spirituality with the practicality of a career, yeah. business, making money. It's an integration of all of our parts in a way. So what will be a message of empowerment to women listening today that are probably struggling with, you know, some of the aspects of belonging? What is the message we have? You know, start thinking about us versus them, right? And, we, and here's the opportunity. And I see two opportunities. Opportunity number one, connect if you're a Latina, connect with another Latina and listen to her story. We have not listened to our stories enough for in a safe place to, because you know when you listen to the story of another Latina, number one, you will realize that you're not alone and you will open your heart. So that's number one, right? So if you feel that you don't belong, number one, connect within the Latino community at a deep level by listening to somebody's story. And it could be a friend. You will be surprised. When I wrote this book, I had friends from whom I had, you know, I didn't know their stories. We believe we know people, we don't know people. Sit down and really ask, what did you go through in childhood that really created an impact in you? And what has been the most difficult experience that you went through as a Latina? So that's one, right? Number two, the non-Latino. That's why I'm saying we we should not create division here. Right. And I can give you a statistic. When I did yeah. the pre-sale for my book, 70% of supporters were allies. This is a book for Latinas, and 70% of buyers of the book were allies. So I said, why are you buying a book for Latinas if you're not a Latina woman? These were like white men and women, black men and women, 
Latino men? And the answer was, because I want to help. Mm. I really want to help and I don't know how to help. Yeah. I want the insider information. I, I want you know, the insights from within for me to become more effective as a mentor, as a leader, as an, a real ally. I want to help. So that's the second part of that. Connect with allies. Ask for what you need. The belonging will happen when you take a step outside of your comfort zone and you ask and you connect and you become intentional about creating new relationships. That's a way to belonging. It's you stepping out and creating and building meaningful, meaningful relationships. And Monica, coming back to what you said, if you fear rejection, do it anyways. Yeah. Do it anyways. People are out there looking to help you. They are willing to help you. They don't know how to do it. Take that first step. Ask for that help and you will be surprised. That is amazing. That is amazing. I love it. I, am, I cannot wait to have the book in my hands because I think the, the little I've read of it, it's just so, so, so amazing. So if you have the opportunity to pre-purchase Valeria's book in Colonized Latinas, please do so because it is going to be an amazing guide to help you get where you need to be. So Valeria, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking your time and giving us your time um, to talk to us about all these important, you know, topics and all these, you know, important conversations surrounding women, Latinas, but overall, a lot of the issues that most of us battle with internally, right? So um, you don't have to just be a Latina or just be a woman. I think a lot of people face these uh, different issues in a lot of different ways. And I think the work that you are doing, the research that you're doing, the information that you're putting out there is extremely, extremely valuable. Um, so again, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for creating this space for these conversations that are so important. We are at the start of a new era, as I said, and as Latinas and as women, all women, we are called to do things differently, to stop competing with each other, to heal our colorism yep. and the division and to work together. There is no way around it. If we are to create meaningful change, we need to work all of us together, women and men as well. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't agree more with you. So again, thank you for being here. And I wish you all the success in the world because you do deserve it. And I, I think you already have tons of success. You know, I look up to you and it's, oh. it's incredible to see how much we can accomplish when we actually, you know, take the stand, take that step and actually care, right? It's all about caring and doing about, the work. It's about caring. Yes. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hasta pronto. Here. Hasta pronto. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone. Nobody loses. 
I appreciate you listening today. Remember that it is your reaction to adversity, no adversity itself, that determines how your life story will develop. Now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani, and I cannot wait to see you transcend. Oh.